Mythbusters was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. If you didn't watch, if you're like around our age, like early twenties, and didn't watch Discovery Channel, like the good shit, get the fuck out of here. Dirty Jobs, Canada's Mike Rowe. Canada's worst driver. Canada's worst drivers. Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah, dude. God it was literally damn, a reality dude. show just showing all these awful drivers tra- failing at a driving school, <laughs> and there's just a bunch of fucking Canucks and like, oh hello. I'm bad at driving, eh? Oh, I'm sorry, eh? Don't I couldn't, you know? I couldn't, I couldn't not hit a cone, eh? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, That's it's fucking hilarious. That's what passes like, for Canadian entertainment. Canada, That's can- so goddamn Canada's funny. worst driver. Canada's worst home improver. Canada's worst. It was just a series of... Because we have... I'm pretty sure we have, like, America's best. Yeah, like, we have, America's like, HGTV, best. like, America's <laughs> best home decorator. Meanwhile, Canada's like, look at these fucking idiots. Oh, look, look at these fucking idiots. Look at this boo-side moron, eh? <laughs> All right, here we are. So today, <clears throat> you're joining us outside, in the shade, under this beautiful umbrella, in a beautiful day. We're recording this on uh, Easter Sunday, so happy Easter to all you out there. The coolies, whatever we want to call you cool-ass fans. And to accompany your nativities, some native construct. Indeed. Oh, wait, no. Nativities are Christmas, aren't they? Close enough. Oh, well. Another thing the Catholics stole from the pagans. It is what it is. Life and death is the same thing. Life and death is the same thing. So, yeah, today we're going to be listening to uh, Native Construct's one and only album. It was, it was released in... 2014 or 15? 2015. 2015. And the name of this album is? Quiet World. Quiet World by Native Construct. It was released on April 21st. So close. So close. That magic number, that paradigm. That paradigm shifting number, the day Hitler was born. (laughs) I mean, hey, Hitler had one nut. Native Construct releases one album. Hey, man. Coincidences, coincidences. We just need one more single point in the triangle to form the Illuminati. <laughs> exactly, dude. The 420 wait, wait, wrong wrong speaker system. I need pool. I was playing it somewhere else. Yeah, I'm playing it in somewhere else in the house. Oh, no. It's going to be playing all the way down there, too, so the, the, the shotgun should pick it up. Nice. Although it's co- super... That mic, well, no, the music's not playing directly at it. We'll see. We'll figure it out. We'll see. That's our job to worry about, not yours. For uh, us us doing this in post, the music started 22 seconds ago. All right. So there. Thank you how, for that. That's how, we'll, that's how we'll know. This is a total fucking shift from the rap and the action bronze and the Mac Miller we've been listening to. Yeah. So we yeah, we went from Sylvia Demo to Mac Miller. If you well, want, no, actually, well, the very first episode. Yeah, we I was, I was to gonna Latin say. Grammys. I was gonna say. We're not Latin Grammys, only for dolphins. Only for dolphins. Yeah, we started we started this uh, this show with an incredible album. Yeah, only dude. for dolphins. Underrated However, album. that that episode is that's that's in the lost category right now. You might see <laughs> that one day, but right <laughs> now. Days. Consider Sylvia Demo in Day Woods to be episode one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You probably didn't miss that much. Episode three, though. Episode three, here yeah, we are. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to jump into was yeah. Kong vs. Godzilla. Oh, fucking Kong vs. Godzilla, dude. 
What a fucking... So you want to prime the audience with what you watched previously to oh. get ready? Oh, I watched Shin Godzilla, directed by Hideaki Anno. That blew my fucking mind. Like, I have a low bar. I have low expectations for kaiju movies to begin with. Because I watched Godzilla 2014 as my initi- as my initiation into the, the, the genre. Fucking miserable. <laughs> I'm not miserable, just... There was more character development than monster fights, and that's just not, that just ain't it. But anyway, I watched Shin Godzilla, and the fights in that, like the, the, the time the monster was on screen, he wasn't really doing much. Godzilla wasn't really doing much of anything most of the time. He was just kind of walking around and taking punishment. But like his presence was just, it was, he was, it was omnipresent. It was insane. I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it, but. Yeah. Omnipotent. Omniscient, all the omni words. Yeah. Unfortunately, today's uh, today's accompaniment was handpicked. Yeah, it's all good though. You need an ash. We didn't think about the ash, folks. Anyway, Shin Godzilla, unlike every other kaiju movie, doesn't have a boring first act. The first act actually makes sense. Yeah. It's me to smoke? Like the rest of it? Are you serious? Indeed. You're just like, I don't like it. No, I enjoy it, but, but yeah, I need to need to stay on I'm, the I'm, ball. I'm trailing off a lot here, but anyway. Fucking Shin Godzilla. Unlike other kid, other unlike ki- other kaiju films, man. A movies, I'm not a fucking cinephile. I want to say films. <laughs> unlike other movies, doesn't fucking have a slow first act. The first act makes sense, and the humans aren't just a bunch of bumbling idiots. They're bureaucrats, so, so they're, they're still a idiots. special kind of bumbling idiot. <laughs> they're spe- yeah, they're idiots, but they're not, they're not bumbling. Unfortunately, they're my v- my viewing of Shin Godzilla was cut off by my wage slavery timing, so uh, I I have yet to finish it. And yeah. from what I saw, it was incredible. He, I I watched the original Godzilla from 2014. I didn't see King of the Monsters because I just I, I didn't really give enough of a fuck about Ghidorah, but. Um, this was a marked difference. <laughs> Apparently, I should have, and Apparently we'll get to we that should've. in a minute. Yeah. But um, yeah, Shin Godzilla. I mean, just like the moment you first see it. Yeah, and the worst part is like the best scene in the movie. You walked out before it started. The best scene in the movie is the midpoint because it is beautiful. I haven't seen like destruction so beautifully presented. Like the Japanese, I don't know if it's because they had nukes dropped on them or what. But their way of portraying total destruction is beautiful. It's poetic. Like watching Barefoot Genocide, the way they display the atomic bomb going off in Hiroshima, it's a, it, like it's visceral. It's it you're watching people get vaporized, but the way that it's presented, it, it's it's beautiful. Same with fucking the midpoint of this of Shin Godzilla. It's like it is utter destruction, but it's it's beautiful in the way it's portrayed and it's just like in that moment, they make Godzilla like a sympathetic, like anti-hero, almost. And it's incredible. <laughs> like, it's a beautiful scene. Damn. Yeah, I need to acquire that through entirely legal means at some point. Oh shit. Uh oh. Uh oh. She Uh-oh. down. Uh oh. All right. You you keep. Er, yeah, all right. Segue us into so, Kong B. Yeah. So we uh, we saw Proto the promo for. Anunnaki. <laughs> we saw the promo for Kong v Godzilla, and I had like a week before, uh, in my podcast uh, mania, 
had heard that Kong Skull Island from 2017 was actually a pretty solid film. I didn't give it the time of day when it came out because I was like, this looks like dog shit. And uh, I, from what I remember, the trailer did kind of look like dog shit. And the movie was, I mean, the movie was great. The movie had, the, I think, who was that casting? I, John C. Riley. Yeah, John John C. Riley was really good. I think that uh, I mean John Goodman. I John think the Goodman. way the way they did characters in that movie was uh, they did it right, as opposed Another to as opposed to the unwitting sort of civilians running around and they make you care about one or two of them because they're A-list actors. Looking at you, Millie Bobby Brown and Brian <laughs> Cranston. But um, th- this was Most like these are people games. who are now trapped on this island with this thing, and it became more of like a predator style movie than a kaiju movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters were awesome. The fucking Vietnam era, like just everything about it was great. The music, the fact that John C. Riley was basically just his walk hard character if he went to war instead of started singing rockabilly. If he was trapped on an <laughs> island, <laughs> it was incredible. Are we on shuffle? That was just mute that finished, right? Yes. I can pull us back easy. We might be. Because this is Spark of the Archon, which... Yeah, we are... Is Spark of the Archon second song? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. it is? Mm-hmm. We're okay. good. We're good. I very rarely listen to mute, so... I thought I thought of that, so... I thought of this because I was like, what if we wanted to play, like... Because, like, one day I want to do a, a Ruchi Sakamoto, like, choice cuts... Like we do like choice cuts episodes where we yeah. pick like Ooh, we that make would, our own playlist. Yo, for that's artists. great. Choice cuts. Choice cuts coming soon. Coming soon. Things to be excited for from the cool s Westwood boys. The cool s men. The men of the woods. Back to Kong v Godzilla. So we we watched Kong Skull Island. Enjoyed Kong Skull Island. I still think the way uh, spoilers they killed Cole. Uh, was awesome and like really heartfelt and, and uh, that that was double nade boy yeah, yeah yeah dude that like and the the acting from his supporting actor like it was really good it, it, it obviously the movie wasn't fucking perfect it wasn't Scorsese but it was really good um, could have uh, been Scorsese <laughs> dude I would love to see Scorsese directing a kaiju movie <laughs> it just takes place in like the ghetto of Chicago it takes place in Staten Island <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Kong v. Godzilla. We watched it on the day it was released on HBO Max, um, and, well, we were kind of immediately disappointed. <laughs> yeah, off the bat. Who, why the hell was Millie Bobby Brown in that movie? Yeah, actually, all right, I, I have to take it back. There, there was three minutes of good in the very, the movie opened awesomely. The movie yes. had an awesome opening scene where uh, you just see like Kong waking up and taking a shower in a waterfall, and then realizing that he is trapped in a, a Truman show. Yeah, he, he got he got Truman domed basically on Skull Island. Uh, the U.S. government or, or I don't know who, um, some coalition or whatever, basically trapped Kong, and we're studying him, and he finally realizes it, and he chucks a fucking tree through the like after, tv ceiling after he makes a spear out of it after yeah he he uproots he <laughs> uproots <learning>. he <laughs> kong's finally evolving he uproots a tree rips everything off of it forms it into a spear and just chucks it through the ceiling it's sick uh and then we were introduced to two of the main cadre 
this uh, small deaf uh, native child who it's explained to us later she's the last of her people after a storm ravaged Skull Island uh, she can communicate with Kong and then all the credit for her work is being taken by this arrogant fucking middle aged bitch who looks like uh, AOC she she looks there's like two. she looks like uglier white AOC and then there's yeah. hot short AOC yeah, there, there's who like, comes in later. The Whoever, director has yeah, a type. The casting the casting person has a type. The casting person probably was the guy who stole her her shoes during the fucking Capitol thing. You mean Ben Shapiro? <laughs> yeah, Ben Shapiro was the did Daily did Daily Wire have something to do with this movie? Possibly. <laughs> or was Look it Daily it. Mail or Daily Wire? I'm not sure. Daily something. Daily Daily Stormer. Daily Facts. The Daily Stormer. The Daily Stormer. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, too many characters. We uh, Millie Bobby Brown shows up because yeah. she was in, uh, I guess she was in the last one, yeah. her and her dad. Her dad's like a government agent, and uh, Con- or Godzilla saved them, and her mom's dead, and we're supposed to care. And she's supposed to be like some badass punk fucking 11-year-old, yeah, like, and it's so not convincing because she's not a good she, actor. Yeah, I mean... She's, she's good at not acting in Stranger Things yeah, when she, she just shaves her head and is mute for yeah, like a full season. She was playing uh, She was playing her character from Stranger Things Season 2 when she goes on the like... Yeah, yeah, she yeah. When she, gets, when she reintegrates into society yeah. after never being around <laughs> anything culture and tr- just trying to figure out what it's like to be a human when her and Max go to the mall and go shopping and shit. That was what she was playing. I mean, down to what she was dressed as. It was yeah, pretty, pretty sad. She's, she was basically playing Jimmy Eat's World. Yeah. She was going for Jimmy it. Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy Eat World. It fucking, it's been a Head while. Ass. It's been a while. Uh, and yeah, her her best friend uh, was the uh, the chubby firehands from Deadpool, the uh, New Zealand kid, who actually he's a good actor. He he delivered the crappy lines that were written yeah. for him as well as he could. He did his and job. And he got he got a chuckle out of me at one point. Yeah. Um, but again, we care about these people. And then finally, the uh, the lead from Atlanta. Um, I can't remember oh, his the, name. The, 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 the conspiracy theorist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, the, the, was, the guy who worked for Apex. Uh, that was an unnecessary character. It was, it was a mess because certain scenes... Like he when, when he when he feigned when he feigned the the crazy conspiracy horseshit to get the guy out of his office so he could like yeah. get into the server mainframe whatever yeah. hacker man shit that was actually kind of cool because it that like was, yeah. it was a genuine misdirection where we were looking at each other like is this dude actually this retarded and part of that was because uh, we hadn't seen enough yeah. of him yet to get a good sense of yeah and the setup yeah. but then he sort of like. It was it was uh, in my opinion a nice flip on the uh, raging Christianity like bullshit that people use in movies to get someone to leave somewhere where you just go up behind someone tap them on the shoulder and start ranting about Jesus till they leave. It was that but conspiracy. Um, yeah. And that GMOs. that was okay. Yeah. GMOs. And then he eats the apple and it was like all right yeah. whatever. But um, Goober. They team up. These three, yeah, the teenagers and this grown dude, ass and, and this podcaster, podcaster, yeah, this conspiracy podcaster. theorist who's infiltrated a uh, like government contracted defense agency, essentially. Why? Um, <laughs> why are these teenagers following this? Just why is he allowing this to happen? Millie Bobby Brown got a hold of the script and was like, "This isn't enough like Stranger Things. Teenagers need to be infiltrating government facilities with adults." But back. Back, yeah, exactly. But she was we, like, "We're just gonna break in. We're just, we're just, we're just gonna, gonna break, break in." She sounds like an alcoholic. We're just gonna fucking do it. 
<laughs> and and like I'm gonna do of, it. I I'm do, gonna break I, it. I'm I, gonna it do it. It pissed me off that like none of their stupid decisions were they had to pay the price for. Like in Kong Skull Island, the people who made stupid decisions died. Like that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, that happened much. to well, everybody who fucked up. One person, the the good looking AOC clone. When she stole the fucking uh, energy source. Oh stores. yeah, but she was an she, evil villain because yeah. she was dressed in all black. Yeah, and, that's like, true. They had was, to, they yeah. had to have a human antagonist and kill mm. off the human that's antagonist true. to make sure that the people who watched the movie got to say, "Oh, there goes the bad guy." That's true. Um, that's very true. Yeah, and they only. I like how they made the connection between her being like the main guy's like daughter. Yeah. They said it once in dialogue, and that was the connection. There was I no mean, scene he, Yeah, he, he just introduced her, basically. <laughs> he was like, my daughter yeah. will get what I need. Yeah, and, and like, she's wait. just like, yeah, I'm a badass. Okay, and then well. those are pretty much like the only two people in the movie to yeah, die. But they, yeah, but they don't even like... But and they're I'm just the bad they people. They don't even set up the, like their relationship. Probably. No, they don't at all. It's just like, this so, is my badass business woman daughter who goes out and does things for me because, you know, what whatever. They just took, they did take a whole bunch of weird tropes and just sort of shove them in well, where I mean, they didn't necessarily belong to about, make characters fit and create relationships. I mean, th this is another comparison between this movie and Kong Skull Island. Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson in Kong Skull Island, they were there just to be the big action hero names of the fucking year. That's true. And they yeah. were mitigated to a point where I, they barely had anything dude, to do with so the Dude, that's so crazy. I forgot they were in that that's movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, the director and, saw that they had... That he had to have these two fucking shit stains in this movie. Excuse me. Uh, Alright, right one in is the British tracker, exactly. and the other one is the stupid American That's biologist. Just, they'll tag along, it'll yeah. be fine. This is a Vietnam movie I, about King Kong. I guarantee their contract stipulated they needed to be in a certain amount of scenes, and he shoehorned in these scenes in the, in the, in the fastest least like impactful mm -hmm. way possible I will say my favorite like, part my favorite visual part of that movie didn't even have Kong on the screen though favorite my favorite thing about Kong Skull Island visually was the scene of Tom Hiddleston cutting through the dinosaurs with the the fucking the the, the World War 2 era Japanese sword yeah. in the green smoke with the mask on like the way they filmed that was unironically fucking awesome. Yeah. And I'm an action, like, I, I am kind of an action movie, like, loser. Like, I enjoy that shit. And that That's was, good. that was, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. However, that is the only thing I remember about either of them doing the entire movie. Like, what, I think Brie Larson shot a flare gun. Yeah, like, what, yeah, exactly. Like, what did she do? She didn't do anything except, like, be on screen and have her name attached to the movie to draw people to it. There was one great scene where I think she, like, multiple people had tried to reason with Sam Jackson to not do something and then she was like the third person to be like you can't do this and he was just like like it was set up to almost be like the this is where the woman finally figures out how to get through the man and he just looked at her and he was like shut the fuck up bitch like <laughs> that was the one and I really think the director who I like the director of that movie a lot I remember yeah, I looked him up it? and I never heard him before it was like something Jordan Vaught V-O-G-T um, yeah. and the, I think he was really doing exactly what you were talking about. Like he put them in the movie where he yeah. had to, and yeah, then to. just played around it because he wanted it to be a Vietnam movie with yeah. King Kong. Because yeah. and it, for a lot of it, it was, dude. Oh yeah. I, I feel like that the, first tree coming up through like the the helicopter shot with a first. We've spent more time talking about Kong Skull Island than we have Godzilla versus. I mean, Kong. Shit, it, all, it all it all pays. I mean, we also don't want. It's a new movie, so we don't want to spoil the big like twists yeah, and shit. It's true. <laughs> we don't want to spoil the... True, um, we've only talked about, like, stuff that happens within yeah. the first 10-15 <laughs> minutes. And you're watching it for the fights anyway. Yeah. 
We don't want to fucking. We don't want to. We don't want to spoil the fact that there's a fucking. Um, what's that robot competition? Like you know the tiny like the robots, like the death bots. What was that called? Robo Wars? Yeah. Or, or yeah, I, th I think I think it's ro I think it's Robot Wars. We don't want to spoil the Robot Wars crossover. The wedge is coming, dude. Dude, yeah. What, wait, what was what? What was Adam Savage had like a fucking like Mike Tyson of robots and that that went undefeated. Was it Adam Savage or was it Jamie? No, it was Jamie. I think it was Jamie Heineman who had one of them. Yeah, Jamie Hyman Man who had Hyman the uh, uh, who had the fucking murder spree robot. Yeah, just disgusting robot. I love that show. MythBusters was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. If you didn't watch, if you're like around our age, like early twenties, and didn't watch Discovery Channel, like the good shit, get the fuck out of here. Dirty Jobs, Canada's Micro. Worst driver. Canada's worst drivers. Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah, dude. God it was literally damn, dude. a reality show just showing all these awful drivers try failing at a driving school, <laughs> and there's just a bunch of fucking Canucks. They're like, "Oh, hello, I'm bad at driving." Eh? Oh, I'm sorry. Eh? Don't I you know? I couldn't. I couldn't not hit a cone. Eh? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, That's fucking hilarious. That's what passes like, for Canadian entertainment. Cana That's so goddamn. Canada's funny. worst driver. Canada's worst home improver. Canada's worst. It was just a series of. <laughs> Because we have, I'm pretty sure we have like America's best. Yeah, like we have America's like HGTV, best. like America's <laughs> best home decorator. We <laughs> like, look at these fucking idiots. Oh, look at look, these fucking idiots. Look at this booside moron, eh? <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's fucking fun. <coughs> but uh, yeah, so I would say Godzilla, <coughs> V Kong, the fights. The fights were, I mean, there were some solid moments. Like, there were, at one point, we were like, I, I remember Actual I said, UFC. oh shit, he's got him up against the fence! <laughs> Knee to the body! Knee to the body! Because yeah. they, like, it literally Actual did UFC. look like they had fucking Francis and Ganu mo-capping for both of these guys, <laughs> just throwing wild haymakers <laughs> at one point. Just, just like, massive UFC fighters in green suits mo-capping kaijus. That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> Shout out to Francis Ngannou, by the way, new yeah, UFC yeah, heavyweight champion. King Kong. Shout out, dude! You were like that close. <laughs> if you, were, you were like, and then I didn't, and then you did. <laughs> Icarus flew too close to the sun. His brother Icarus flew directly into it. Icarus flew too close to sun. Icarus. And no, no, not licorice, Icarish. And, and Asian hate. I I watched Minari. So. I will not stand for hate against my AAPI brothers and sisters. Yeah, it is un, I, I, un, I unfounded. Minari. I understand. Unacceptable. The Asian struggle. <laughs> Intolerable. Fucking, I understand you. I watched Naruto. I understand the Asian struggle. You wanna know what's funny? Bowen Yang, you saw the Bowen Yang SNL thing, right? No. The Asian Asian cast member uh, and uh, very gay man Bowen Yang went out during Weekend Update. I think it was last week, and just gave like a two and a half minute sort of spiel about Asian hate because. I mean, I don't know. SNL is not jokes anymore, but like it wasn't even trying to be jokes. It was sort of like, this is a real thing. Well, it it it. it Actually, oh, no. I take that back. It was trying to be jokey, but the jokes were so incredibly hack that it came off like a PBS NewsHour, like, 
here's our local 14-year-old comedy to introduce some new topics for you. Like, it just felt so weird and badly written and contrived. And I just, oh, God. It, he made a Minari joke is what I was going to get at. He, oh, yeah. he, he said, I think oh, he no. said, like, you, you cried while watching Minari, but I was sobbing into my boner for some actor I can't remember the name of. It was Bro, like, that is fucking terrible. Yeah, it's yeah, Dude. it's a little silly. It's SNL's just a little silly, S- just a little silly. No, SNL is not even saturated lymph nodes. Yeah, SNL man. I don't know why. I don't know why. I brought it up it's just I, it's, a, it's been, a sour it's a sour thing to speak of it's but, like i don't know man it's just priming you like get ready <laughs> this is prime end asian hates just priming you for something that this is priming you this is priming people to feel bad it's optimus priming us. It's, it's just priming people to feel bad when they start realizing things about chinese governments and Chinese corporations. I mean, everyone knows the CCP is terrorist. Like, yeah, but I, I mean, think, like, I think I don't. I don't think a lot of people want to fucking like mention or do anything about it, though. So it's like this is just further gonna make it more difficult. Like it's gonna. This is just gonna further the the difficult. Like make it more difficult. You know. Yeah, I like, get that. I I understand that. It's like the, adding race issues on top of police reform talk like debate. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> it, it's sort of well. It's it's this weird thing of like the the end Asian hate did just sort of come out of nowhere and if it was really warranted or if they really were trying to like wouldn't have wouldn't it have been a year ago when like all the act like people were actually like yelling China virus and Wu flu at Asian people and like people were being way more harassed hey, harassment man, oriented and shit like that back then when this all started. Dude. And and now it's sort of like we're it, everybody's just on the same page. It's like Mark Norman has that great joke about it, COVID's like the fucking check engine light. Eventually, you just got to get to work. But uh, I, it it it's fucking contrived. It's it's like it's weird. All I'm saying is my Cuban sandwich got delivered by a guy named Quang, and I threw it in the trash. It's fair. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he definitely peed in your coke. <laughs> he peed my coke. He make pee pee in my coke. Indeed, that is. There in line, the joke. Quang, he make pee pee in my coke. There we go. Um, yeah. So I think Godzilla v Kong is probably like a four out of ten. To, j- to just cap off that conversation. Yeah, probably four out of ten. The fights weren't bad. The CGI was good, but I mean, the characters were just annoying. Yeah. Just having that many fucking people were supposed to give a shit about. That's why Shin Godzilla was good. It had a lot of characters, but, but you're it, not it, supposed it, to it, care about it. They were anyone. like, there were characters that if you if you resonated with them, cool. If not, don't give a shit because it's not about them. Yeah, it's like the the what mattered wasn't the character. What mattered was their response to Godzilla. Yeah, it That's was. That's what mattered. The characters were each representations of different cogs in a larger machine that yeah. the director was trying to portray. Yeah, it was great. And he did a fucking great job. Yeah, he did a good job of showing just how inept modern bureaucracy is and uh, just how bloated modern bureaucracy can be and um, how, like, 
you know, we're not equipped. We're not equipped for fast responses to, to real world issues nowadays. Like, you know, stuff happens so fast that our modern our modern systems aren't aren't capable of responding within a reasonable amount of time. Because we have so many different it's pieces so that need to move. Exactly. It's, so it's like bloated. it's like one of those puzzles where there's one piece missing, like the the self-contained puzzle in a, a frame where there's one piece moving and you have to move them all around to get it to fit. Mm. That's like moving the bureaucratic pieces to respond to an emergency or an event. It, yeah, it, it really does feel like there's so many different departments and different agencies and different mm. people involved that need to. To be notified and the chain of command is so lengthy and goes so far horizontal nowadays that everyone needs to know it's yeah no, it's yeah. weird it it's it brings me back to that and I this think, this is something i was thinking about a lot sorry to cut you off no, good, the uh the jake tran video we watched about the mechanics of assassination yeah and sort of the moral question of whether or not extrajudicial killings are a better way to enact change mm. than boost on the ground warfare mm. And like on its face, it does. You, you're, at least for me, I, you think about assassinations. You're like, that's horrible. We shouldn't be doing that. And then the more you think about it, it's like, well, how also horrible is it to send tens of thousands of young American men to a totally foreign country to invade someone else's home, and God knows what happens, and all of the mental anguish that's going to be brought down on so many people. And that was sort of the argument he was getting at. Like, yeah, there, there are trained professionals who were. Uh, you know, Green Berets, spec special forces of some kind, Delta, whatever, who then go on to these private military contractors who the government works with to mm -hmm. sort of take out individual targets without having all this collateral damage and massive expenditures and, you know, the human cost as well. It's, mm -hmm. it, it, it seems silly to talk about the amount of money saved when it's also just lives and the psyche of individuals. Mm. Assassination is a strange, fucking fascinating topic, but just sort of seems like there's less links in that chain to move, and it moves a lot faster. Yeah. With res with with I mean, respect to what we were talking about, response times and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think it was less like the inter inter. Like, I think it's more to do with like the interdepartment, like, connections, and more how bloated like, how each department needs its own like chain of command, and then. You know, you can't you can't talk to this person from that department because you're not that. You know, you have to. It's it was more about highlighting the, how bloated the different departments were. I don't know where assassination. No, it it has absolutely not. They're 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 different. I was just sort of drawing the connection between, I guess, acting faster with a smaller yeah, vertical yeah. team. Like, yeah, no, that's like, that's a lot faster. Yeah, that's, that, that's yeah, sort of no, what I, I was relating mean, to because like. For example, if you have a department, because that was one of the biggest problems, it seemed like, with the bureaucratic movement in that movie, was that they had to get clearance and permission yeah, from multiple different just, departments, yeah. and there was no precedent for I mean, certain things. So, like, the, there was the shot where literally you see the same message just being telephoned along the table. Yeah. There was, like, it starts with, like, this, like, lower military guy, then it works its way down to a higher military guy, then the general, and then, like, the fucking, like, Department of Defense lady. And then it gets to the prime minister, and it's like he's heard the message five times. He's waiting for it to get down the chain of command. Exactly, and, and, and it's like that's what got me <laughs> thinking about like, all right, <coughs> if, if there's some like 
God forbid there's some sort of terrorist cell or something like that that needs to be acted on very quickly. And then the intelligence is the intelligence needs to be uh, moved from the data analyst at the CIA to their like director to the senior director to the Department of Defense person who speaks to the office of the president who speaks directly to the president, and then the message moves back down. If there's something where like that like somewhere along that line it transfers directly to the president and the president directly speaks to someone who can send direct action via a kill squad or fucking whatever like i don't know how i really got on this topic but just thinking about the bureaucratic movements of everything and the different pieces that are involved no yeah i mean it's like the difference between like a bloated corporation and a normal company and like a, a smaller company yeah there's uh it's it's i don't know yeah, like, I can't get change it was also enacted just where I work. It was very patriotic. It was Japanese patriotism to uh, the 11th degree. I loved it. It was, it was, it was, it was, Hideaki Anno is, is the, the, the patriot of Japan. <laughs> he was, he really is, dude. It, Shin Godzilla was a very national pride, like, you know. It very much had the, nat, like, the national pride. Like, there was one shot where, like, it was either the prime minister or something, and there was just like a Japanese flag in the background, and he's just like, "I have hope for my country yet." <laughs> and it's so that's Japan, dude. They love the Nippon. <laughs> they no, love it. No, yeah, but that's that's what that's what you need when uh, that's what you need when you're you got you know your national identity being threatened by uh, international investment, like the Japanese do. Yeah, there's a level of that. Because I mean, there's keep, a level people of people need to like, keep their culture on the ground level. Because well, yeah, because think about how much the Japanese call, how much Japanese art is going to change now that they know and now that they have an easy outlet to the Western market. Now that they know the Western market is like ten times as profitable as the, as the domestic market. Well, they've known that for some years. Yeah, now, but right? it's been it's always but it's been way more xenophobic. It was been, it's always been much more xenophobic. It's always been much more contained to you want to buy so oh you want to buy a Blu-ray of an anime. You have to buy it from like a, a Japanese retailer, or you're gonna pay absorbent fees. And so, what happened? Did what happened did now? the Japanese government lighten up restrictions and regulations yeah, on Japanese? Japanese the Japanese government and Japanese copyright has always been very difficult for international people to break into. Mm-hmm. And now something changed, like global investment. I don't know who, uh, I don't know who invested in the NHK. I forget. Oh, the Saudi prince invested in the NHK uh, right around the time when a lot of. Uh, anime OSTs got on Spotify like Cowboy Bebop and all that it's like it's that kind of stuff mm-hmm. they just got pump and dumped full of this fucking outside investment and uh, that's all it took yeah and that can be seriously threatening to the quality of media that comes that's, out of a certain place especially especially somewhere like Japan that's very ethnocentric that's what I'm saying like look at the um, like look at anime that's come out in the last six years and com- well, not even less 10 years anime that's come out in the last 10 years compared to anime that came out <clears throat> before it totally different totally fucking different that would be that would be it's something you would know more way about more by I. the numbers the last 10 years of anime have been way more by the numbers prior to 2000 okay so 2008 there was a bit of an anime industry collapse like the entire economy in the anime industry like went still it was like stillborn at that point that's where you see a lot of the changes between 24 episode animes to 12 episode animes for budget. And this is also where you start to see anime become much more formulaic, much more by the numbers. Like you have like the older woman with the big tits who's matronly and you have like the nice. uh, 
Yeah, or you have like the young, you have like the young male character who's kind of like fucking. You know, like he may be like he might be eighteen, but he's like arrested. He's like sexually like arrested, arrested, developed. You know what I mean? Like he's more, he's more he's childish. Like awkward, yeah, he he's more childish. He hasn't, he hasn't gone through yeah. the like steps of yeah. He's like he's more childish. He's like adult. a man child. Yeah. Like you know, it's like. I don't know. It's way more by the numbers. Like, there's neats. Like, it's more. Well, yeah, because if you think, I mean, like, look not at ReZero. To, not to be... Like, like Sao started like the whole like trapped in a video game phase. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere now. Yeah. It's like sort art online. I mean, you also, I, and this might be this might be sort of the downward spiral. But if the if the anime industry thinks that their target audience or the audience that they're uh, primarily hitting is like young men in their like 15 to 30 Which, range yeah, who no, are kind sense. of like arrested or stunted they no. want to create like a no, protagonist yeah yeah and but that that feeds into more people feeling like it's okay to have yeah, that yeah. sort of stunted arrested but development and remain a child for longer than is actual like actually yeah but know, i mean it's it's I less think. about the socio it's social impact and more about the artistic impact no, I'm just I, being I get that. I'm, crunched by the numbers. But but that's what I'm saying. Like once they start crunching those numbers and start creating crucible. protagonists directly to appeal to their audience or whoever they want their audience to be, whoever they think it is, it mm. it, it obviously impacts the quality of the no, art. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is like the other thing I liked about Hideaki Anno's fucking Shin Godzilla is that the young people are completely portrayed. That they're not neats. The young, the young characters yeah, they, in that the show young are not rebel neats. group. Of they're very, very proactive. Like they're, they're nerdy. They're even self-proclaimed I mean, nerds. They were but, badass though. But they were, they had their shit together. And it's like, I feel like the Japanese government's like, we need to have that kind of imagery depicted in our fucking media, or we're gonna collapse. Mm -hmm. Because like they're at a declining birth rate. They're at there. There's declining birth rates, increasing suicide rates. They're fucking... Their young people are just not fucking. It's like, you know... Yeah. They're, they need they're to, like, they need to change course, and I think, yeah... They're yeah. like the U.S., but further along. Yeah. It's, uh... Because all those apply to the U.S. in yeah. smaller degrees. Yeah. But on their side, it's more about just disenfranchisement via comfort... And I think here it's more disenfranchisement by abundance. Like, look at Tinder. Like, Tinder's not used in Japan. But I would say True. Tinder's one of the main... Like, Tinder and online dating is one of the main reasons why it's like that in the U.S. now. Why human connection's so devalued? Mm -hmm. I think it's too... It's, I think it's the, the same problem being... Yeah. Like, created by different issues. Like... And this is lack like, and overabundance. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. This is a weird, uh, probably a shitty thing to equate relationships to. But like, if you go to a restaurant and they have four different hamburgers, and it's like, all right, well, I'll take this one because this one looks the best out of these four, and I'm gonna be happy with it. Yeah. But then if you go to a restaurant and they have ten thousand hamburgers, it's gonna take you like an hour to figure out which one you want. Because you're gonna have constant fear of like this one might not be as good as that one or, or like this one like this one might taste better like fucking whatever it is, I feel like if 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 you have the ability to swipe through a near infinite number of individuals close to you and take your pick of who you want, like you know, you're 
you're going to be overly picky and probably not find a genuine connection with someone who you actually mesh with. You're probably just going to base it off of their fucking picture or whatever because it's another big thing. If you're not meeting people in person, you don't know what their voice sounds like. You don't know how they talk. You don't know what their interests are. Like you just Don't worry, you can FaceTime them in the Tinder app now. Is that a real thing? Oh my god. That's freaky. You can FaceTime people on Tinder now. That's wild. Tinder's a cesspit. I need to. I, I'm deleting that shit. <coughs> I don't even need to get into that shit. <laughs> yeah, man. We both got our. It's both, shitty to say on our, camera. I'm no. not gonna get into it, but like. We I both know. got our horror stories. <laughs> maybe, maybe in a couple of years. Yeah. Once there's some distance. <laughs> yeah, a little between. bit. A little bit of dis- distance. <laughs> distance. A little distance. Sun's starting to move a little. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as worried for the camera now. Yeah, getting some shade. Yeah, it's uh. Red light's still on. <laughs> it's a good thing you can see that. I'm blind as shit. Indeed, I can. Lucky. Lucky. Lucky me. How have you ever been in this pool? Uh, I've been in it like six times. I don't like pools. Yeah, I'm not much of a pool person myself. I gotta, I gotta be drunk to want to be in a pool. I've also been, I was, I've also been extremely fat since living here. So, going in a pool is not my forte. Yeah, when you, yeah, I know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, yeah, no, I remember the feel. Yeah, dude. Just sucks. Lard ass. You're not a lard ass. Not anymore. I don't think you were ever as big as you think you were. Yeah. Granted, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't you. And I think just watching you shrink over time, I don't, like, realize it. (laughs) But we're looking at some pictures. Yeah, no, that was fucking heffa. Dude, I mean, if you go back, I never deleted anything off my Facebook. So my Facebook has years and years of evidence of my (laughs) cringy, marshmallow-looking ass. No... Now I'm after fucking Burt Kreischer. Now I'm coming for Burt Kreischer. He's coming. I'm coming for Burt Kreischer. I'm getting in shape. About to crack the mitts on your ass, Burt. Yep. Crack the mitts. I'm going to shit in the bucket and crack the mitts. <laughs> Big old bucket of shit. <laughs> Big old bucket of shit. This is the machit story. The machit <laughs> Yeah, I'm the machine, but for other reasons. The fecal machine. I steal people's oxygen with my shit with my shit stank. It's my my shit stank is so toxic. It's like it a, a, it's, it's like, like a, a heavy gas. Creates it's a like, vortex, like yeah. an oxygen stealing vortex. No, no, it's like it's like it replaces the oxygen in the air, like argon. Oh god. Yeah, dude, that's how that's how stanky my shit is. Argonic thing, shit. It's a very good thing we have separate bathrooms. Argonic shit. Argonic shit is actually a great fucking like. That's a great metalcore band name. Organic shit. Opening up for anal cunt. Organic shit. Organic shit. I believe we are on the final song of this album. No shit. It's a seven song album, but half the songs are like seven minutes or more. Let me peep that, because... 
this flu. This recording flu. Chromatic aberration. Yeah, it's the last one. We got five minutes left. No singing on the podcast. I'm going to throw Fuck. something at you. No All singing right. on the podcast. That's fair. No singing on the podcast. That's fair. If I'm listening to something I like, I just naturally sing it. No, I know, but... No singing on the podcast. We can't do singing on the podcast. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. It hurts. I know I'm not a good singer. No, it's not even that. It's not even being good or bad singers. There's no fucking. No I know it could podcast. also create audio problems if we don't properly capture the audio and we have to interlace it in the background. Or syncing that could be annoying. Or worst part, or worse, it doesn't pick it up and you have to overdub it later, and you're just in the studio in, in your own head going, fuck, fuck. I'm in the stew singing over myself, singing over someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby D's covers of covers. That's like a Rush album. Covers of covers. <laughs> I'm envisioning pictures. I'm envisioning like a plastic sheet covering the bed, like covering the covers on a bed. Covers of covers. Covers of covers. Frank Zappa's got covers on covers. True. We gotta, we gotta get a Zappa album. I think Zappa might be uh, a good one to do the f- uh, be- uh, uh, choice cuts. He might, yeah. he might. It would be like an hour. We could do multiple volumes of Zappa choice cuts, probably, even with just different recordings, different live I mean, recordings. I feel like we could do. Would you want to do like live in Barcelona, the full thing, or that's like a two hour? That's, uh, a, that's it's a, two hours. I'm pretty sure that's two hours. Yeah, hold up. I know that. Yeah, if you, if you don't listen to Frank Zappa, please just go back and do yourself a favor. It took me a minute to get into it, but this dude played it so, so, so much that eventually I just started to like it. It's great music. Listen to Zappa live in New York City. That's the one I'm trying to. I'm trying to see how long it is. Zappa in New York live. Zappa live. It's an hour forty-two. Son of a bitch. Zappa live. Anyway, we'll find. I'll find a live album. That's yeah. We'll find Around one. An hour. It's fucking good. And as we move, as we move forward with our uh, experience yeah. in front of this camera, behind these mics, who knows? Yeah. We might do live in Barcelona, full two hours. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like if 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 this if this gets wheels, we're doing a fucking we're doing a Halloween charity stream of uh, true the eight Frank hour Zappa Halloween live show eighty eight eighty one. Zappa Halloween eighty one. That's true. Tell your friends Eight if you, and a half if you hours. guys if you guys want to uh, make us feel special and also raise some money for charity. We do want to get this Halloween stream happening. So yeah. we're only like what five ten six or five ten six months six months away six, from it. Months. Yeah, we gotta start planning. We man. got time for hype. We got we are planning because that's eight and a half hours. Yeah. Share us. That's going to be a Share plan. us on Twitter. Share us on Instagram. Share us on MySpace. Share us on Farmers Only. Farmers Only. Farmers. Share us on Tinder. The Go next d- Tinder match you get, just link her this podcast Farm- on iTunes. Yeah. T- tell your bitch. No, Yo, yeah. listen to this. Also, check out the Pudenda Crops. Yeah, check out our YouTube channel. We're going to put, uh, if, if you're on our YouTube yeah, channel, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, go you're already click, on the YouTube channel, click, click on Joe Camel's shit. lovely face. Maybe click subscribe if you like what our voices sound like and what our faces look like. But if you're on iTunes or, or uh, Spotify. Yeah, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, we're going to link our YouTube channel in the description because it's so small, you wouldn't be able to find it unless, I mean, yeah. 
you would be searching for a needle in a needle stack. Yeah, we got we got 13 subscribers. We got 13 <laughs> subs, baby boy, and only one of them is me. Hey, um, really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, you actually subscribed to us? Yeah. Oh shit. Only oh, no. one of them is me. Oh no. We only have 12 subscribers. Yeah, but that was like one of the first ones. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that doesn't count. It, yeah, it was a lo- it was it was eons ago. When we get when we get 100 subs, we'll you'll unsubscribe. Yeah, I'll unsubscribe now. Fuck it. No, true. Once we get 101. Once we get 101. Yeah, once we get 101, we'll, we'll, we'll unsubscribe for ourselves. <laughs> it's the Ouroboros self-suck all over again. Yeah, dude. Oh, no, not the astrologer. <laughs> yeah, dude, we also got to fucking find a movie to watch, for, to do for Watch Shit, Lose It. Yeah, we, we're starting another series, yeah, Watch Shit, Lose It. First episode is up on the YouTube where uh, we we're going to watch old, out-of-copyright garbage. Yeah. And uh, the first one we decided because we're, we're, we're pretty hot whole time we decided to upload the uh the full movie yeah. watch along but and i think also because it's not ones, out there a lot true the astrologer isn't uploaded the astrologer is not a movie you would see. and if we cut a minute out of it the rest of the movie wouldn't make any sense i mean yeah like and that's saying something considering this movie in and of itself doesn't make any fucking sense zero sense it's so goddamn stupid it's terrible but watch it um watch our version <laughs> but of yeah it. watch our yeah watch the one with us in the middle it's and, like it's yeah. like uh, imagine mystery science theater if Misty Science Theater took the camera and went, whoop, so it was facing them, and there was a green screen behind them, and the movie was behind them instead of in front of them. Yeah, it's like that, except, you know. Except it's literally that. It's, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But we're not robots. Yeah, yeah, we don't have the budget for that kind of bullshit. That'd and we also sick. don't have uh, the fucking le- leech king of comedy, Patton Oswalt. <laughs> fucking co-starring in it the leech dude he is in everything and he's done nothing but be a nerd character actor someone's got to do it he was in reno 911 even when was he in reno he was the d he was the D nerd who just kept like yeah he was i forgot and, like, i forgot but he chairs. was great in that role that's the only it's, like, that's again, that's the i that was I his harvey birdman I, I can't like I can't shit on the dude. I'll shit on his comedy because I watched his comedy and it's really, really not good. At dude, least anything he's made recently. I've like, heard from I've heard from comics that his old stuff is not bad, but that's a swan song. Yeah, like no, Stephen his, Colbert's was uh, Harvey Birdman. But the Col- and the other the Colbert Report was good for a while. It 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 used to take Colbert Report and The Daily Show both used to stand just middle of the aisle and fuck up everybody, and it was actually it was decent for a while. And then things fell apart, as we all know. But, but um, yeah, I, I know what you mean with Patton Oswalt's magnum I'm opus. Get, I'm going to get a thick zoom shot, bro. <laughs> yeah, Patton Oswalt's uh, magnum opus being the D&D nerd on Reno 911. New boot goofing. Don't mind me, just new boot goofing. So that was uh, that was the album. I'm gonna pause it, and that's us. This has been the cool ass podcast. We're it has been the cool ass right podcast, and I'm doing a bad job of zooming in. He's trying. I think he this is he's a doing manual a bad zoom job of, just, of zooming in. Whoop! We're just talking over each other now. All right, peace. Later. How do I stop recording this? Up. Up. Camera. Oh, right.